0: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We're interested in the evolution of the brain and why humans have such a large brain and how it came to be that way. We still know relatively little about why that is and, uh, in particular, which parts with what sort of functions got bigger during evolution. We use what we call phylogenetic trees, which is like a family tree of all the primates and humans being one of those primates, we can see where humans fit into that family tree and we can use that family tree to reconstruct the patterns of evolution of a particular characteristic like the size of the brain. We found that a structure which isn't traditionally associated with the evolution of human intelligence, that is the cerebellum, really stood out on our graphs. It seemed to have expanded rapidly And more rapidly than a structure that is generally assumed to be sort of the seat of human intelligence, which is the cortex. And the part that people have assumed is where all the action was and, and is the most interesting part.
1: So what is the cerebellum and where is it?
0: Well, the cerebellum is a structure that's kind of modestly hiding away at the back of the brain and underneath the cortex. It's a structure that has traditionally been associated with controlling movements, the control of the body and balance and so on, and hasn't usually had what we think of as uh, intelligent or cognitive
1: uh, processes attributed to it. How do you explain this finding? Why do you think that this has happened? We
0: think it was probably something to do with a large-bodied animal, which is what apes are, moving through the trees. They use a a pattern of movement that we call brachiation. Basically, it's swinging beneath the branches of the trees. And they have to plan a route very carefully, because unlike smaller animals, they can't run along the branches and jump from tree to tree. And we think that it was... The control of these movements, but also the planning aspect that probably kicked off this acceleration in the rate of expansion of the cerebellum. But then, after that, it turned out this, this structure, of the cerebellum, is good in general at planning sequences of actions, sequences of behaviours, and that became useful for a range of other behaviours, because the other thing that great apes, like chimpanzees and orangutans and ultimately humans... Are very good at is making and using tools to extract various foods from difficult to uh, extract resources like termites from a termite mound, for example.
1: Is another component of this, and perhaps one explanation for why you see this very radical departure when humans come along, could that be because I'm using my cerebellum intensely now to do what sets humans apart, which is speech? Because once we've got speech, You can start to share information. You can really strongly select for people who have a much more developed social aspect of their nervous system.
0: Yes, exactly. And and this is a really exciting development that we want to look into further. Speaking is a way of stringing together complicated sequences of actions, that is, words, into uh, complicated sentences. And we do that in in a very flexible way. So we're drawing a link here between the evolution of language and the evolution of the general capacity to make complicated sequences and to understand complicated sequences. And what's really interesting is that there's converging evidence for this coming from a different area of science, which is the cognitive neuroscience of the cerebellum and recently people who do brain imaging studies for example have started to find that the cerebellum is one of the structures that lights up when people are speaking.
1: Do you think this paper is a real game changer because it focuses our attention in a new way on how the brain has evolved and changed to make us human?
0: I would hope so. I think people have always assumed that the cortex is where all the complicated processes go on. But it it not only shifts our attention towards other brain areas, it uh, potentially influences the way we think about thinking itself as being a, a highly distributed process that doesn't rely just on an individual area. And it's also a process that relies on the way the body interacts with the environment. And so I think it has potential to help to change the way we think about the whole process of thinking.